0: I'm joined today by Luke Chappell of BlackRock. He is one of the new managers on the UK and General Progressive Fund. Luke, hello to you. I want to start by asking you about the key tenets of your investment approach. I know it's got um, elements of both value and growth, but how do you look at going about building up a portfolio? I'm a stock picker. Uh, I have always enjoyed pulling apart the fundamentals of a company, digging into the balance sheet, working out what makes P&L work, uh, and finding companies in which we can make very substantial investments and hold them over, in some cases, a very long period of time. It means that I focus very much on picking companies rather than trying to identify a particular style like growth or value or large cap or small cap. Um, So the risks I take in portfolios come from the risks which are involved with investing in individual companies. So, what about the generation of new investment ideas? What are the key characteristics you look for when I start looking at a company it's it's very difficult to i don't I don't always find the same things that 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 single it out as being the right uh, investment uh, and not every investment that I make starts with me a lot of them will start with somebody else on the team and I'll develop the idea and meet the management and for my own views, but it might start somewhere else but in terms of the things that I look for, I guess the first thing would always be management. Uh, it doesn't mean to say the management have to be in place for a very long period of time, although that's often been the case. I think probably the longest standing management team would be the likes of someone like Next, where that team's been together for, best part of a dozen years or, or even longer. But it does start with the management, not just trusting them, but also watching them do what they say they're going to do over, in some cases, a very long period of time. Uh, sometimes management change will throw up the same opportunity, but it is you know, management is a key part of what I look for. Um, I like to find a good business. I don't think anyone would say they like to invest in a bad business, but uh, a good business has certain characteristics. You know, lots of those perhaps would, you know, tick some of the criteria that would commonly be associated with someone like Warren Buffett. Or, you know, say the moat, I guess we can be a little bit more flexible than that, and that we're not owning businesses outright. And some of those moats may be perhaps somewhat temporary rather than permanent. Say, for instance, the moat created by uh, current conditions in the credit market, where smaller companies are still finding it fairly difficult to gain access to credit. Uh, I obviously look for you know, sound accounts. Uh, I don't think that UK companies' accounts are riddled with some of the issues that were prevalent say 20 years ago, but there are still some that are cleaner than others. Uh, I certainly want to take a long hard look at the valuation, but I would always say that it's the fundamentals of a company that are going to drive the decision whether or not to invest, and thinking about investing over a 3 or a 5 or a 10 year time horizon it's always going to be the fundamentals that win out versus the, the rating or the, you know, the price of the risk. So does that mean you prefer to buy a good company at a fair price rather than an average company at a super attractive price? That, that's fair. It, that applies to the vast majority of the company. Um, there are com- other companies though where you could have, a, you know, some people will disagree that it's uh, a great company and there are times when we're pragmatic. I think if you go back to say 2009, it was important to be pragmatic in constructing portfolios and to recognise that, for instance, uh, quality companies have become exceptionally companies, and what we call junk—that's quite emotive—but what we call junk have become exceptionally cheap. And so, in 2009, we were committing capital to lower quality situations. Um, so there's an element of pragmatism that overlays the kind of the those security selection criteria, and. The largest part of the, that, that drives that pragmatism would be valuation. Luke, you talked earlier about the involvement from your team. BlackRock clearly a very big organisation. How do you ensure that you utilise all that information and, and turn it into intelligent and insights? I think we could always do more at BlackRock in terms of distilling the information that we get. I mean, if you think about the number of equity teams we have around the globe. Um, the networks that we have today are you know, some are formal, some are informal. Um, there are people I know from spending time in overseas offices, um, most recently in Hong Kong, um, and there are formal networks that we develop through the daily global meeting or the weekly team leaders call. I think the most important point about your question is how you how do you distil that into something that's that's useful and relevant, um, and that just relies on not just my experience and my contacts, but the 20-odd people we have in the UK team also having that network of contacts. And then I suppose a culture that, is, that sets sharing information um, that, that values that very highly. And that's where we do spend a lot of time. F- I think it's very easy to, you know, to, to focus on you know, what I look for in a company and my investment style, but you know, one of the key reasons that I work at BlackRock, and I love working here, is that, I, you know, A, I like the people that I work with, which is always important, but B, you know, I recognise the value they add. And I think I work best in and with a team of people who all contribute, who can help me find that next great idea. So once you've got this collection of great ideas, how do you build that into a portfolio? The, the next stage in portfolio construction, I, you know, taking a good investment idea and getting into the portfolio is I think one of the hardest areas to learn as a fund manager because we can teach analysts disciplines around stock selection but building portfolios is something else altogether and I think when I started running focus portfolios I found that whole process quite quite liberating. Um, the, The most obvious liberating part of that was the removing the constraints that are imposed typically on fund managers by a benchmark. And so the first discipline of the focus funds is every position starts from zero. It doesn't start from an index weight. There's no stock that we have to own in the portfolios at all. Uh, Then it comes down to how we scale positions in the portfolio. And I think I do that in three, three different ways. The first is about the liquidity uh, of the shares that we own and so what that means in practice is that smaller companies don't form large parts, they're not large individual holdings. Uh, The second way in which I scale positions is by looking at what I call the informational advantage. That is not something I can quantify, I can't build it into a spreadsheet but it is trying to identify what it is that we have learned, what it is that we think about a company's prospects that hasn't already been captured in the share price, that isn't recognised in consensus. And the third part, and definitely the most important part, is an analysis of the upside and the downside. And I think so often as fund managers, we always focus on what can go right and not what might go wrong. It's not that I'm naturally pessimistic, far from it, but we have to think about what could go wrong in a a very wide range of scenarios. And allied to that, I would also say that I think hard about what management might do to influence or control those different outcomes. Um, So, at the extreme, there are business models like an airline where there are lots and lots of external. Events that have a material impact on that business where management's ability to control that is very limited, and there are others, um, I might you know, say BAT, I would say next as well, where over time the management team has shown that they can exert significant control over lots of elements of the business to deliver outcomes that are really just great for shareholders. So, what does that mean in terms of the number of holdings you've got in the portfolio? So, o- over the last 10 years that we've been running Focus Funds, the number of holdings has ranged from 17 to 24. So it's highly concentrated, but it's about focusing on our strongest, our best, our highest conviction ideas. So let's go on to talk about one of the shares in the portfolio. I know Next has been a long-standing holding. What attracts you to that company? Lots of different elements. So let me start with, you know, the sector in which it operates is highly competitive, uh, UK clothing retail has got uh, many, many players, ranging from the incredibly well-established, like the you know, the M&S or the Next, to the new entrants, um, the likes of you know, the online players, um, and indeed, you know, even you know, the supermarkets. Obviously, themselves have got um, strong clothing ranges. So you can't say that UK clothing retail is a necessarily kind of a wonderful market in which to operate. But what Next does have um, is a very, very strong, well-tried and tested business model, uh, which means although it doesn't buy its clothes any, uh, any better than its competitors, its gross margin is very similar to theirs. It does operate the business a lot more efficiently and it's done so consistently for many years and so it earns premium margins versus its competition. It also, partly by luck, partly by design and skill, has a very strong online presence. I say luck because it came out of a a business that was originally, and still is indeed, quite a thick book, The Next Directory, that lands on people's doorsteps. But that's evolved into an online business which does give it an edge over its pure high street competitors. Um, So a business model that is well built to cope with that shift from the high street to online, a management team who run it very efficiently So it generates really very healthy amounts of cash. Um, Allied that to the extraordinary financial discipline that's been evident for the last dozen or more years, and what you have is something that is really compelling for a shareholder. Uh, So it's a combination of great management team, a good business, an attractive valuation, uh, sound accounts, like I said, uh, and it's therefore, it's an investment that we've held for many years and uh, still happy to do so. So Luke, to summarise, why should investors have confidence in you and your colleagues at BlackRock? I've always loved running the focus funds at BlackRock. They combine all the features I like best. So it's about exploiting our single greatest competitive advantage, which is scale in fundamental research. So it's picking great companies in which to invest over long periods of time. It's about building portfolios with high conviction ideas, but which are also appropriate for client benchmarks. Uh, It's about making sure that we're doing the best job possible for our clients. I, I love doing it and always have done so. Luke Chappell, thank you very much. Thank you. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.